Hey, Jen, want to talk about modest apparel? Uh, not right now. I'm ironing my denim jumper. Great. Today we're going to discuss what we should be teaching our girls about how short is too short. Let's do it. To the Intimate Covenant Podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information, visit our website, IntimateCovenant.com. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Another episode of Intimate Covenant Podcast. Yes, and and I want you all, before we begin, to just take a minute, listen carefully. And what I want you to listen for is the crashing waves in the distance, seagulls (laughs) flying in the air, because... As we're as you are listening to this episode, Lord willing, on July eighteenth, that's what Je- we'll be. Jen hearing. and I will be hearing <laughs> that because what is so special about July eighteenth? July eighteenth, nineteen ninety seven, is when we said I do twenty five years ago today, as this episode is released, and so we are going to be away at an exotic location, (laughs) relaxing and enjoying ourselves and one another, basking in the glow of 25 years. So, yes, yes, as you're listening to this, you can just picture us there. (laughs) Yes, we're looking forward to the relaxation. We're looking forward to the time away from the busyness of life. We're also looking forward to just stopping and reflecting on what 25 years of marriage really means and where we've come and where we're going. And right. uh, we're going to take that opportunity and maybe we'll share some of that conversation with you um, when, right. when we get back. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see that. what happens with that. Might might be taking the podcast microphone with us. We'll yeah, see. That'd be fun. <laughs> on location. That's right. But in order to help us celebrate our anniversary, we have something that you all could do. Yes, we're going to we're going to give something to you on our anniversary. So, Look at to us. help us celebrate, we want you to know that the Dating Divas Marriage Bundle is now live. Yes. The, the Dating Divas have put together a whole marriage library to strengthen your marriage. Yeah. And they're now offering this live. They're offering, they've put together 20 marriage resources for only $20. That's right. This includes videos, ebooks, e-courses, printable games, devotions, challenges, apps, and other tools from some of the best marriage resources. Including us. Including us. How cool is that? Yes, Intimate we're, Covenant. We're very, making a name for ourselves. We're, we're very humble to be included in this we package. Are. But uh, the, the total value, if you were to buy all of these resources separately from all of these uh, great marriage resources, you would pay over $400. Yes. But if you purchase it using our unique link... You're going to pay only $20. This is being sold to the general public at $35, which is a steal in and of itself. But using our unique link will get you $15 off of that regular price. So only $20. And you should know that we get paid for every purchase that uses that unique link. And so this is a way that you guys can help support us. You can support us. 
you get $400 worth of product um, for the price of $20. Go to our website, intimatecovenant.com slash marriage bundle. Yes. If you go there, you'll find that unique link or go to the show notes. We're going to put that link in the show notes. Right. Follow us go on to, social yeah. media. We're going to be blasting this on social media. So lots of ways that you can um, access this. Uh, but you should know that this is on sale only until August 1st. And after that, um, these resources will be sold through each individual contributor separately and then you would pay $400. Why would yes, you want to do that? You don't want to do that. Grab it now for only $20. And if you grab it now, you can use all these things at your own pace. You don't have to use them all by August 1st. That would right. be uh, impossible. <laughs> that would be a lot of work. <laughs> but yeah, this is something that you can just pull out and use in various ways. Um, it will be great for your marriage. Yes. And you should know that our contribution alone is worth $20. So it's a great, great buy for yeah. you. Buy, buy, the, buy our product, even if we're the only one you listen to, uh, you, you'll get plenty more out of that, uh, and you'll certainly get more than, more than enough value for what you're paying. All right. So getting into our episode today, what are we going to talk about today, Matt? So last week, we talked about what should we be teaching our boys about bouncing their eyes? What should we be teaching our boys about lust? Mm-hmm. This week, we wanted to sort of flip that script a little bit and talk about what should we be teaching our girls about what they're wearing, about right. so-called modesty. Right, because these two um, ideas often get linked together, right? right? Teaching our boys what they can and can't look at and teaching our girls what they can and can't wear. Yes, exactly. So let's talk about modesty. All right, so modesty is this term that kind of has been maybe even misused to talk about what girls specifically, and we really only hear about modesty in terms of what girls are wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. at least generally that's the case, but it's the teaching that girls must be wearing a certain amount of clothing to keep her body covered um, and to keep a certain amount of skin showing particularly these areas that need to be covered are these areas that are between the knees and the shoulders. Yes. Especially thighs, shoulders, back, cleavage, stomach. All those areas need to be covered. Right, right. It is a, a typical teaching of that a woman needs to be very, very careful with what skin is or isn't showing. And that idea is called modesty. Yes, we're we're gonna we're gonna tackle that in just a second, but let's first talk about okay, what is the motive behind this message? And I think the motive is to not put on display areas of a woman's body that are deemed sensual. the The motive is to keep women keep women's bodies covered in in places that only a husband should have access to viewing and and it's also though lumped into all of this is this idea that women should dress modestly in order to protect their brothers in Christ from triggering lustful thoughts that might happen by seeing their female body so is this idea biblical uh, I've, mm-hmm. Obviously, that's always where we want to start a conversation. Right. Uh, is this kind of teaching biblical? Is it appropriate? Is it, and then is it helpful? And are there maybe better ways to consider it? Certainly, there is some biblical basis to this idea of keeping our uh, sexual body parts covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even if we think about the uh, Proverbs 5 or Proverbs 19 in particular about um, 
drawing from our own cistern and that a husband ought to be satisfied by his wife's breasts. Um, That, I think, implies that there is a sacredness to uh, his wife's body and certain parts of his wife's body. uh, And because of that sacredness, that he is to be the one enjoying her breasts, that's where his focus ought to be, and it ought to be reserved for him. Right. Uh, So... For that reason, those body parts ought to be covered in a way that uh, respects the sacredness of that relationship. Absolutely. And clearly we know that we are to use our sexuality in in the covenant of our marriage. And so there's plenty of scriptural um, evidence to support that that our bodies are meant for enjoyment between one another and therefore should be kept holy, kept set apart for that. Yes, for Mm -hmm. sure. But then there's these other passages that are often used to discuss modesty. Well, they they do Mm -hmm. discuss modesty. Mm -hmm. They use the term modesty. Right. Those two passages are 1 Timothy 2 and in 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, Each of those passages refers to and uses this term modesty. Of course, in in the context of women. In the context of women and in the context Mm -hmm. of what they are wearing. Right. Right. So the question to ask, though, is, are these passages actually referring to modesty in the way that we use the term modesty? Are these passages talking about the amount of clothing a woman wears? And is the amount of clothing a woman wears actually a big deal? I mean, does how a girl or a woman dress actually affect a man? So that's our questions, right? Uh, Those are good questions. And and I think they're the right questions because this, these passages in 1 Timothy 2 and 1 Peter 3 that use the term modesty are not talking about how much skin is or is not showing. Right. I, I think, look, it's fine to talk about modesty, but let's talk about what that actually means in 1 Peter 3 and 1 Timothy 2. Right. Let's talk about what modesty actually means. But if we're talking about how short your shorts need to be or how much cleavage you should or shouldn't be showing, stop using the term modesty because that's not what it's talking about. Absolutely. Now, yes, there are passages and there are principles that that talk about how much clothing a woman or a man should be wearing. But it's not 1 Peter 3 and it's not 1 Timothy 2 and the term is not modesty. That's not what we're talking about. Right. We need to be thinking not about this term modesty, but about sensuality. Yes. And and this is going to help us reframe this whole argument because an overemphasis on this, quote, modesty teaching it is just teaching women to be inherently ashamed of their bodies because the whole point of this modesty approach is that there are parts of a woman's body that should be covered up because of a sense of shame. And and women then carry this sense of shame into their marriage. And they have a hard time seeing their bodies as sexy and holy. That right. that they can be both and are both. Yes, we're, we're because we're, we're using this phrase and this term and this teaching in such a way that casts shame on the female form. Well, right, we're using this term from scripture in a way that is not even consistent with how scripture is using the term, and then we're using it to teach ideas about the body that aren't even necessarily true. Right. And I think then, going back to last week's episode, um, we're tying this 
directly to men's lusting. And quite frankly, we have got to stop blaming women and what they are or are not wearing for men's lusting. Women's bodies should not be seen as being too tempting, as if God made a mistake by making women too feminine, too desirable, too beautiful. That that the body, the woman's body itself is too much, and therefore men should be taught to bounce their eyes and look away, and women are dangerous. Yeah, women's place, bodies are dangerous. Yes, yes. I mean, placing an emphasis on the need for a woman to cover up just simply for the sake of their brothers, just simply so that they will, quote, keep, keep one of their brothers from stumbling, is still viewing them as body parts. We think we're trying to help respect women, but instead we're seeing them just as these body parts that need to be covered up instead of seeing them as sisters in Christ. That's right. So we're starting this whole context, start this whole conversation from the framework that we've got to learn how to better talk about this. Yes. Stop using the term modesty. That's not how scripture uses the term modesty. And start recognizing what are our principles? What what do we need to really be teaching? And and we need to ask the question, do women have a responsibility to their brothers with respect to how they dress? But let's ask that from the right frame of mind. Okay. Are we going to do that? We are going to do that after the break. Ah, summertime. Time for relaxing by the pool or on the beach, putting your feet up and taking it easy, soaking in the warmth of the summer sun. Whose world do you live in? More like... Time to pack and unpack the endless bags, shuttling kids to camp and to grandma's house and to the family reunion, crammed in the minivan for hours on end, sleeping in uncomfortable beds, all while sweating buckets in the heat and humidity. Sounds like you need something refreshing and relaxing to look forward to. And I know just the thing, the annual Intimate Covenant Marriage Retreat. So true. Looking forward to the rest and relaxation we'll be having at the Intimate Covenant Marriage Retreat this fall. That's the perfect way to survive the chaos of the summer months. The 2022 Marriage Retreat will be held at the Springwoods Marriott in the Woodlands, Texas on September 22nd through the 24th. Our theme this year is Extraordinary Lovers, taking your marriage from good to great. Jen and I will present some new and challenging and fun sessions designed to encourage conversations with your spouse. But don't worry. You'll have plenty of time for rest, refreshment, and relaxation with your beloved. It'll be the perfect recovery from your busy summer and getting those kids back to school. Register now at our website, intimatecovenant.com retreat. Space is limited and it's filling fast, so... Register today. You can save your spot with just a $200 deposit. Now, go enjoy your summer and don't forget the sunscreen. So we asked the question, do women have a responsibility in how they dress towards their brothers in Christ? Mm-hmm. Do they have an obligation to dress in a particular way? And and I I don't think 
we're here to try to argue that they don't. I think, again, our focus is trying to change the angle of this conversation so that we're not trying to heap more unnecessary shame on women just for being women. Right. We come at this conversation from the standpoint that it is a woman's body that makes a man lust. And that's just not true. Like we talked about last week, it is a man's heart that makes a man lust. Right. And so let's disconnect this idea that women owe it to their brothers in Christ to cover up the square inches of skin or only have so much skin showing to protect their brothers. Yes. And and like we talked about already, I mean, we we certainly believe that there is a there is a sacredness to a woman's body Absolutely. Uh, that should be covered in, in particular ways for the sake of preserving her body for her husband. Right. But let's talk about a better approach to teaching our girls how to dress. Let's disconnect it from, it is your job to keep your brother from sinning. Exactly. And so I think where we start with this is that we've got to teach both sides, both men and women, boys and girls, to learn to see each other as embodied souls and therefore treat each other with a level of respect and love that we deserve as fellow heirs. There's where you use the first Peter three passage, right? (laughs) We are fellow heirs and therefore there should be respect that goes both ways. Well, absolutely. I mean, this is where the conversation starts, whether we're talking about lust or whether we're talking about how girls ought to be dressing. Mm-hmm. First, it starts with a conversation that we are embodied souls. Now, that phrase in and of itself means that I can't ignore the fact that we have bodies. Yes. Right? I'm not trying to dismiss the this fact. We have bodies. They are sexual. They're, mm-hmm. God made us male and female. He made us different, and he made us each to be attracted to the other. That's by design. Right. We shouldn't hide that or run away from that fact. Or shame that. Or sh- but And especially mm-hmm. don't shame that. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea, though, is if we see each other as fellow heirs, then we can start by building relationships between these boys and girls that are not just that are not entirely sexualized by the pressures of dating and pairing up. Right. Uh, I think we 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 give our kids poor instruction, poorly motivated instruction, and then we push them into places where they're just not meant to be. They're 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 emotionally and physically and sexually not capable, not mentally. Uh, in the right place to be able to handle the pressures of these dating relationships as they're teenagers. And and we teach them that the only interaction that they have with someone of the opposite sex is highly sexualized when it ought not to be that way. And so, so yes, we first frame this from the standpoint of you're both embodied souls. You both have a level of respect and love. You should show one another and you should build your relationship based off of that. Yes. See each other as in, as people, as individuals, not as a product to be consumed, not as yes. a goal to obtain. Right. Um, they, they are, and not someone to just satisfy all my emotional or physical desires. Teach them to see each other as souls and teach them to connect in that way, in a, in a relational way. Right. And then I think, you know, the other place we go with this at is that we teach our girls, when we're talking about how do we teach our girls how to dress, we teach them to proclaim Christ in all areas of their life. 
The, the world should know that we're different from the rest of them, right? I mean, Romans 12 tells us, do not be conformed. In other words, there should be a difference about us. And that should translate not just into our hearts and our actions, but into our dress and into how we interact with the world. Right. We, we ought to look a little different from the world. Sure. Right? Th- right. That's what that's what that means. Right. So that that shouldn't be influencing how we dress. We ought not to be chasing all of the crazy latest styles. Right. Um, th- that's certainly there's a place for being in the world. We have to live in the world, but we don't have to always look like everything the world is doing. Right. I, I think you also need to be teaching our girls what true modesty really is. Mm. And that is learning to see the beauty of living the role as God intended for them to live. That's what First Peter 3 and, and 1 Timothy 2 are all about. It's, it's about dressing in a way that respects your own body and therefore proclaiming the beauty that God created and preserved and the gift of sexuality for you and for your spouse. It, it's about... Asking ourselves the question, does my clothing display the hidden person of my heart? Does my clothing demonstrate a gentle and quiet spirit? There are questions we need to ask ourselves when it comes to what clothing Mm -hmm. we are or aren't putting on our body. It's not, what's Bob going to do when he sees me? (laughs) It is... What am I proclaiming by this clothing? Yes. Am I proclaiming a femininity as the world would proclaim it? Or am I proclaiming a femininity as God has created and celebrates? Right. Because God celebrates women. He celebrates all aspects of a woman, including her body. He proclaims that all beautiful and precious. And so does my clothing portray that? You know, it's asking yourself the question, who am I really dressing for? Am I dressing for myself? Am I dressing for my friends? Am I dressing for a boy? Or am I dressing for the point of proclaiming Christ? Yeah. And that that changes. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to go to such an extreme that we isolate ourselves from the world. Mm -hmm. That's maybe not proclaiming Christ. Right. So there's a line, right? And and we've got to start to decide that not just based on drawing arbitrary lines, but what is my heart? What is my motive? Because that's what 1 Peter 3 is all about. True modesty starts in my heart. It is about me loving the role of being a woman and proclaiming that through all of my choices. Absolutely. So ironically... The questions about how I dress all come down to modesty and First Timothy 2 and First Peter chapter 3, but we're asking very different questions. Yes. We're not asking how much skin is too much skin. We're asking, am I proclaiming the beauty of femininity as God describes it in those passages. Right. And so I think we teach our daughters to dress in ways that respect their own body. We teach them to dress in ways that respect their brother's heart. Yes, Mm -hmm. there is an element of what I do influences those around me. But we're coming at it from a place not of inherent shame and casting blame on our young girls, but in a place of 
respecting one another. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that just, that changes things. Yeah, it, it changes your perspective. Um, I, I think you dress in a way that makes you approachable, mm. right? Will, will a reasonable person be distracted by how much skin I am showing? I think that's right. a good question to ask. Will a reasonable person be intimidated by how expensive my clothes are? That's getting more to the heart of the actual definition that's, of modesty and how it's used, right? Yes, that's that's certainly... A, Am I dressing in a way to proclaim myself higher and better and mightier? I mean, that that's a real temptation for a lot of us women. And that's really at the heart of these passages Absolutely. that we've referenced. Um, another question is, will a reasonable person be offended by the style of my fashion? Right. It's going to be difficult if I dress in all black and tattered jeans, and black eye makeup, and black hair, and cover my face, am I approachable? Mm. Is a reasonable person going to be uh, interested or compelled to have conversation with me? Are they going to respect anything that I might have to say about Christ? Is Mm -hmm. it proclaiming the, the beauty and celebrating the beauty of Christ? Right. And so I think these are all heart questions, right? Mm-hmm. Just like our advice last week to what should we teach our boys, we, we teach both our boys and our girls to ask heart questions first and to recognize that what I put on my body does proclaim something about my heart. And so am I proclaiming that I want to share Christ with others? Mm. And And am I doing it in such a way that proclaims that I am his first and foremost? For sure. And, and, you know, all of this, again, whether it's a question of lust or whether it's a question of sensual dress, these questions are related, I think, which is kind of why we put them in, in subsequent episodes. They're related because they each show whether or not I have respect for my brother or sister. Right. And whether or not I have respect for God and for the way that he has designed things and created things, if, I, if I'm you know, misusing my sexual desire towards lust, then I'm, I've misused the gift that he's giving me. If I misuse the, the gift of the beauty of my femininity in, in a way that mm-hmm. is flaunting it or, or proclaiming it in the wrong way and emphasizing the wrong things about my femininity – then I have a lack of respect for what God has designed and what he has created. So ultimately, these issues are created. But ultimately, the decisions about what I do with my eyes and what I do with my dress come down to a heart issue. Right, right. And and I ultimately am responsible for what is happening in my own heart. And my own heart is going to guide how I manifest that in my life. And, And when we recognize that this is about a heart issue, this makes it tougher, Because (laughs) it's not about drawing arbitrary lines on a woman's body. Mm -hmm. It is not about saying this line is okay, an inch above it is sin, right? Like that's, that's not ours to draw. It is not ours to judge. But man, that's so easy to do. We, we want to have these lines because that's something we can put our finger on and, and decide whether we are more righteous than someone else. But uh, I think you're right. This, this is a hard issue. Um, this is a hard issue. And, and again, I think our other big message is stop teaching young girls that they have to dress in such a way to keep their brothers from sinning. Yeah. That, that's a damaging message 
to young girls, it teaches them to be ashamed and afraid of their femininity. Mm-hmm. That's a hard message to then take into marriage and try to flip that and then celebrate your femininity and celebrate yeah. your sexuality with your beloved. And I think many of you women, many of you women out there have already told us that mm-hmm. that, that has been something difficult for time. you. We hear it Absolutely. all the time. Um, another maybe point about this that I think is important to bring up is if, if you want to have influence in how young girls are dressing, perhaps in your congregation or in the young girls that you um, have you know, have association with, or, or mm-hmm. maybe even the girls that your sons have association with. Let me just suggest to you that having influence over them is not going to start by you telling them that their skirts are too short. Oh yeah. That, that the way that you have influence in people's lives is building relationships. I've heard one too many stories about Girls who, in their teen years, very delicate years, were told by, I guess, a well-meaning sister in a congregation that they needed to put a sweater on or put a slip on or things like this, that, that all that did to that young girl was shame her, shame her body. That's not influencing her. You might have a point that there could be a better way for her to dress. But if you approach this from a standpoint of just shaming her, when you don't have a relationship with her, you're missing it. And you will not have an influence over her, and you will damage things for her. Yes, and ultimately, if you build a relationship, you will gain access to her heart. You will gain influence over her heart. And ultimately, her heart will guide her in the right way in how to dress. Right. Again... Don't make this just about, you know, a, a tank top width is okay, but a, a spaghetti strap isn't, or two inches above the knee is sin. Yes. Stop making this about rules. Let this be about hearts, and therefore be an influence that helps guide hearts through relationship. That's what the family of Christ is meant to be yeah. all about. And if she begins to respect you, guess what? She's going to begin to dress like you as well. All right, Matt. Great point. Give us our wrap-up. For centuries, women have been taught that they must diligently cover their bodies in order to prevent men from sinning. But is this idea even found in Scripture? Is this the message of the modesty passages? Teaching women to shamefully cover themselves from the motivations of fear or humiliation results only in further objectification of their bodies. Instead, let's teach women to adorn themselves in a way that respects themselves and respects others by proclaiming the beauty and the proper display of femininity. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have the conversation about what you've been taught about women's dress and how these ideas have influenced your marriage and your parenting. How can you influence the women in your life towards their purpose of proclaiming godliness through their femininity? Thanks for listening, subscribing, rating, and sharing the podcast. Thank you for all your support. Until next time, keep striving and don't settle. Thank you for listening. If you have something to add, we would invite your feedback, questions, and suggestions via our email, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. To submit anonymous questions and feedback, visit our website, intimatecovenant.com backslash 
podcast. Click on the button, contact the podcast for an anonymous submission form. In addition to this podcast, Intimate Covenant offers group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, weekend seminars, and an annual marriage retreat. We would love to continue the conversation about God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality with you and your friends. If you're interested in bringing us to your church or small group, please contact us, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. May God continue to bless your marriage.